Hi, and welcome to the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. We've provided a collection of sermons, our midweek lessons, music, and many more tools to help you grow in your walk with God. We are living in an unprecedented and challenging time, but we invite you to listen in and be encouraged as we fight through this together. Be sure to subscribe and feel free to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Thanks for listening. Good morning, church. Great to be with you again today. Happy New Year and happy 2021. We finally made it. We're actually here in 2021. And I think for so many of us, this is something that we've been eagerly anticipating. We've been waiting for it. We've been wanting it. And for very good reason, because this is the time that we get to reset. We get a fresh start. We get a do-over. Now, trust me, I get that a lot of the issues that we were dealing with in 2020 are still very much with us. And you know what? They might be with us for a while, and that's something we need to continually pray about. But what can change right now? What can change today is our attitude, and especially our attitude toward the future and God's part in our future. The title of the message today is very simply, Reset. And isn't that what we, what we do in January, right? Typically in January, we set new goals for ourselves. It might be health. It might be you know, your diet or fitness. It might be your finances. But usually around this time of year, you come up with new plans of what you're going to do to get to that better place. And we see signs. We see, we see things like, you know, new year, new you. And so we get excited about that. Yes, it's a new year. I get to start over again. And so we, we reset our thinking and then we're off. Now, there's something really positive and encouraging about a reset because a reset really is a fresh start. And when you think about the things that you have to reset, a reset is usually done when things have gotten to such a point of destruction and dysfunction that you simply can't continue with things the way they are and expect things to go well for you. So you've got to hit the reset. Almost every device you have, and I know you have a lot of devices, almost every device you have has built into it some sort of reset feature. And, you know, sometimes it's that little red button that you can only depress with a ballpoint pen, or sometimes it's something you have to type, a series of commands. And if it's the kind that you have to type in, you're almost always prompted with an are you sure question mark question. And so you might say yes, and then you get another command. And it says continue, yes or no. So they're really wanting to make sure, is this what you want to do? And at that point, you can either abort the whole reset mission and go back to things not really working well, or you can change it. But think about that decision to abort the command to reset. No, you know what? I'm just going to leave things the way they are, knowing that it doesn't work. It's dysfunctional. You know, you're, you're not getting out of it what you should get out of it. I mean, why would you want to even do that? If you get to the point where something's not working at all or barely working, why would you want to continue with that? Well, the truth is, sometimes it's easier living with things not really working well than taking the time required to start over. 
Now, we have a wireless router in our house like most everybody does. <clears throat> and for the last couple of months, it's been stopping and starting, stopping and starting. I would be on, whether it was Zoom or just the internet, and it would just shut down, shut down. And I kept trying to fix it and figure out what was going on. Finally, I said, you know what? I'm gonna take that pen and I'm gonna to go to the back and I'm gonna hit that reset, which basically brought it back to zero. I had to completely reload everything. But you know what? It was working really poorly up until then. It has not glitched since. So it's a lot of work sometimes to do a reset because you gotta rebuild, but that's okay. That, that rebuilding, although it takes a lot of effort, is well worth the effort. And if you don't wanna keep hitting that reset over and over and over again, you've got to figure out what is causing my dysfunction in the first place? Why do we keep coming back to this place where it's not working, I have to reset. It's not working, I have to reset. How do I just get it to, to be right and stay right? So what about us? What are we talking about here? Well, I'm not talking about a computer, I'm not talking about your phone, I'm not talking about your Wi-Fi. It's you. I'm talking about you. Look, 2020 created a lot of dysfunction in all of us, along with a lot of hurt, a lot of disappointments, a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration, a lot of aggravation. And I think for a lot of us, and I dare say to some degree, every one of us, it really took its toll on us spiritually. I mean, we all had some dips. I had some pretty big dips. Just being cooped up, just not being able to do what you want to do for me, not being able to see the church, not being able to preach except to my camera, not being able to, to hug people, not even being able to, to get together and you know, do a Bible study. I mean, it's, it's really taken its toll. And you might be one of the ones, and I dare say we probably have a few, who limped into 2021 feeling a bit socially distanced, not only from each other, but maybe even socially distant from God. And so what can we do about that now? We can do a lot about that. In hitting the reset for 2021, we're going to look at a lot of the areas, some really key areas of our relationship with God and some areas that we might have taken some hits going through 2020. And what can we learn from that, right? So some famous person said, never let a great crisis go to waste. I'm sure you can apply that to a lot of things. But yeah, as bad as things were in 2020, we can go back and we can look, okay, but why did that have such a devastating effect on me emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever it might be? Certainly spiritual would be the thing that we want to focus on. So why did I take some big hits in 2020? And what can I do to make sure that in 2020, 2021, I'm standing strong? And so we want to find out what were we missing and what can we build up going now through 2021 that's going to keep us on our feet. So for the first six months of the year, we're going to break the year up into two, two halves. For the first six months, our theme is going to be renewal. And we're going to talk about developing a renewed faith. So what is it that, that etched away at our faith? Let's renew that faith. Our love, same thing. Our hope, renewed hope, renewed purpose, renewed mission, renewed vision. And I think these are really important topics for us but I think they're equally important, maybe even more important to God, because if we're going to be God's people and we're going to we're going to walk 
the face of this planet as Jesus' disciples, we need to have a renewed vision, a renewed hope, a renewed love, a renewed faith, a renewed you know, purpose. I mean, these are, these are things that have to be really, really strong, convic- strong convictions within our hearts. And so these are things that we have got to go back and, and, and work on month by month. And, and every month we're going to take one theme and we're just going to, we're going to workshop that one theme. It's going to be in our midweeks. It's going to be the theme for our Sundays, our discipling times, whatever. We're going to just deep dive into that one thing. And then next month, move into something else. Next month, something else. By the time we get to January, we're going to do a little bit of about face and begin moving forward. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. But right now, let's get our relationship with God on straight. There are a lot of times in the Bible where for different reasons, the Israelites would find themselves estranged from God. And God would always be working a plan to reconnect. Now, certainly the one that comes to mind that probably most of us is the Exodus, right? So they were very much estranged from God and and God had a plan. And that's a really good one. But we find another example in the Babylonian uh, exile. So if you have your Bibles nearby, which I hope you do, look over at Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to look at another great example of where God was separated from his people, but yet had this amazing plan to pull them back together again. So Isaiah 40, we'll get there in just a moment. Let me just set up what's going on here. If you don't know much about the Babylonian exile, great study. Go ahead and read it. The book of Isaiah details it quite a bit, as do other books. But I'll just give you the the Cliff Notes version. So because of their sins... God was forced to separate himself from his people. I mean, he tried over and over again to build that relationship and they would be okay for a while and then just, you know, crash. And so finally it got so bad that God had to say, you know what? For a period of 70 years, I'm going to send you away from Jerusalem to Babylon and you're going to be under foreign rule. So I'm not going to be there, you know, every day in person guiding you along. You're going to be subject to whatever ruler happens to be there at the moment. It's not going to be like home, but this is where you need to be. So consider this to be like the ultimate time out. But even though God was forced to do that because of their unrepentant sin, it's important to realize that that even though this was a mess that they completely got themselves into, God still loved them dearly. And he sends the prophet Isaiah to them with a message. And that message, in short, was, I'm bringing you home. And what a welcome relief that must have been to hear, that you will not be abandoned. So Isaiah 40, we're going to do a little bit of reading today. So if you haven't had your quiet time today, this will be a lot of scripture. And we're going to begin here in verse 1 of Isaiah 40. Comfort, comfort my people says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and the people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, 
cry out. And I said, what shall I say? What shall I cry? All the people are like grass. And their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of our God endures forever. So let's talk about this exile for a moment. What does it mean to be in exile? Well, that means you get cast out from from where you live. And you're not able to come back until whatever authority is in your old place says you can come home now. And being in exile, no matter where it is, is anything but comfort. And so when we look at this Babylonian exile, they, they were not comfortable living in Babylon. They were removed from everything they're familiar with. And even though they were allowed to have homes and family and they were able to work their, their fields and their crops and their, their, their livestock, they had food. Conditions under which they had to live was very challenging. They were not free people. And I think their relationship with God became very, very strained, at the very least. And many, I imagine, wondered if, if God was even still in the picture. Was he aware of, of where they were? Was he aware of how they were? Was God even with them anymore the way that he once was? And they might have been thinking, are we completely on our own now? And is this the way it's always going to be? And this message from God was letting them know, no, no, I have a plan for you. And isn't it great to know that God has a plan for your life? One of the best loved scriptures in the Bible, and my guess is for at least some of you out there, this would be considered your favorite scripture, is Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, I think a lot of us take that scripture and we just extract it from the Bible, like it's its standalone thing. Now, it's a great scripture and it can stand by itself. But there's a lot more that went into that writing. Do you know where that scripture comes from historically? right here. It's in this story of the exile. And in fact, this scripture was part of a a bit longer letter that Jeremiah wrote to those very same exiles while they were in captivity. And if you have your Bible right there again, look over in Jeremiah 29. We're going to read a bit more of of that letter. And so we're going to pick this up in verse 1 just so you get a bit more of the historical context. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jehoiakim and the queen mother. By the way, that's not Elizabeth for you uh, crown fans. Okay, it's a different queen mother. The court officials and the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the skilled workers and all the artisans, had gone into exile from Jerusalem. He entrusted the, the letter to Eliza, son of Shaphan, into Gemariah, son of Hilkiah, uh, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. And it read, so here's the letter, part of it anyway. 
This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses, settle down, plant gardens, and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I've not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you'll call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And I'll be found by you, declares the Lord. And I'll bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from the nations and places where I've banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I have carried you into exile. And so Jeremiah tells them in this letter, while you're in captivity, while you're in Babylon in exile, under these adverse conditions, settle into as normal a life as you possibly can. In fact, make every effort to flourish. Seek peace and prosperity. And God knew they were going to be in this for a while. And so make the best of it. And at the right time, verse 11 would kick in. And God would renew them. And God would restore them. And what was lost would be regained. You know, I think back to and through 2020. We too have been in a very, very challenging environment And in some ways, it does feel like an exile. Now, it's not exactly like their exile. It wasn't due to our sin. It just it just happened. But nonetheless, there was still this, you know, I'm not really where I want to be. And and this is not comfortable where I am. And God never promised his people then or now that we would be free from challenges. But God always provides a way to deal with the challenges. And as God told the exiles to continue with life and and dig in your heels and live and, and make the best of it in spite of what's going on around you, we've had to do the same for the last year. And when Jeremiah wrote that letter, it was a message from God that they would not be in this place forever. That at some point there would be a deliverance. And that they'd be made whole again. And that, that well-loved verse 11, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, points to that, to that promise. That they would be renewed. And don't we all need that? I very much feel like I need to be renewed. And I believe that God has a plan for our deliverance. And yes, we've had, we've had to make the best of things in 2020. Trying to figure out how we're going to keep going. But I believe that 2021 are better days just in front of us. 
When Isaiah delivered his message from God in, in, chapter, in Isaiah 40, verses 3 and 4, he says that he was a voice in the wilderness, preparing the way for, for God leading them back home again. And that he would remove whatever obstacle was in their way. And I think that's a really cool thing. You know, if it was a mountain, we're going to flatten it. If it's a, if it's a, if it's a, a valley, we're, we're going we're gonna to fill it in. I mean, he was going to make way somehow for God's message to reach them from Jerusalem, like 700 miles from Jerusalem to Babylon, and then prepare a way for them to come on back. That, that, that they would be renewed. And, you know, that was, that was encouraging. Coming out of 2020 does feel like we're coming out of the wilderness. But I believe in, in very much the same way. God is preparing a way for us to hear his voice and feel his love and be, be, be led back to where we need to be. That God will put things back as they should be. Whatever was wrong will be righted. And the glory of God will be revealed, even if it's only to us. God's glory will shine. And we are going to hear that voice in 2021. And it's so important, guys, that we remember how powerful and how on point that voice of God is. Everything else will pass. I mean, think about that. Every single thing on this planet will pass at some point, except that voice of God. That's the one thing that endures forever. And it was so important for Israel to have that perspective because of that, that trip. I mean, I don't think any of them, as much as they wanted it, were, were really like excited about a 700-mile trip through the desert. But as long as, as God's voice was there, and they were confident that God was leading them and that God would remove whatever obstacle was in the way, I think they were willing to go. And look, our bouncing back from 2020 may not be that easy either. And it might very well feel like a 700-mile desert hike. But I believe that God is telling us, I'll get you there. Remember who I am. Now, I'm going to read out a little bit more in Isaiah. Listen carefully to this message because let me tell you, this is one that we need to get. So we're going to pick this up in verse 9. So we're back to Isaiah 40, verse 9. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah. Now, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to add to the Bible, okay? So I'll ask for forgiveness later. Say to the towns of Fairfield County. Say to the towns of New Haven County. Say to, say to Trumbull. Say to West Haven. Say to Ansonia. Say to, say to Bridgeport. Say to North Haven. Say to, you know, Westport. Wherever you are. Say to your town. Here is your God. See the sovereign Lord comes with power. And he rules with a mighty arm. That's your God. See, his reward is with them. And his recompense accompanies him. Do you know what the, what the recompense is? That's when you are, are compensated for something that was taken away. And so it's like, look, God's coming. God's on his way. And, and he's got for you what was taken away. 
It accompanies him. It's with him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. That, that, that's us. Okay, we're not just talking about sheep. I mean, that's, that's all of us. He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Yeah, there's a lot of us that have young. God is on our side. We can never forget the wonders that God has done in the past. And we can never forget that, that our God, your God in your town, is still a God of wonders. And even through all of our challenges, God is still the shepherd taking care of us. You know, during the exile, God still had his eye on them and his heart was with them. God's never had his eye off of us. And God's heart has never been removed from us. And it's with us now. And God promises. And God delivers. Let's go on a little bit further. Look at verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket? Or weighed the mountains on scales and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? And who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in the bucket. They're regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they're fine dust. Lebanon is not sufficient for altar fires. Now, Lebanon was renowned for its wood, right? For its cedars. Doesn't even come close. Can't even, can't even start a fire. Nor is animals enough for burnt offerings. Before him, all the nations are as nothing. They regard it to him as, by him as worthless and, and less than nothing. With whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? As for an idol, a metal worker casts it. And a goldsmith overlays it with gold and fashions silver chains for it. A person too poor to present such an offering selects wood that will not rot. They look for a skilled worker to set up an idol that will not topple. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers, and he stretches out the heavens like a canopy. He spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground, than he blows on them and they wither, and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One. I mean, just, just, look, just look at how mighty God is. This was written to build their faith. And not only must we remember the power of God, but we need to acknowledge the authority and the sovereignty of God in spite of what's going on around us. That's never changed. I mean, that alone is a faith builder. And as we go through Jan January, our topic this month is going to be renewed faith. And I think that's something we can all use. And as we close out this message in this last section of Isaiah 40, here's something that just might begin to build that faith. In verse 26, 
Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? Who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls forth each of them by name because of his great power and mighty strength? Not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? And guess what? You can add to the Bible here if you want. Put your own name in. Why do you complain, anyone? Why do you say, again, put your name in if you like, why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my case is disregarded by my God? Do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who, whose hope, who hope in the Lord will renew their strength and they will soar on wings like eagles and they will run and not grow weary they will walk and not be faint and look right now we all might be feeling a little tired and a little weary but guess what god isn't and there's a promise here for us and the key is where we put our hope when we put our hope fully in god our strength as well as our faith and prayerfully many other things this year will be renewed. And 2021 will not be a time of feeling weary and faint. But this will be the year that we reset and we soared. And I know I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I hope you are as well. Let's pray. Father, we so much need you. We, we know your strength. We, we feel your love. Uh, Father, I really pray, God, that over these next six months that you will renew our hope, our love, our faith, our vision, uh, our purpose, our mission. Father, that, uh, that we will really know who we are, what, why we are here, and that we can reset any of the, 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 the things that, that really got off last year, that we can reset and move forward in, in a very positive way knowing that you and you are leading and guided, guiding us out of exile and, and back to the spiritual place, the spiritual home where we need to be. We love you, Father. We thank you for this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, thanks so much. I look forward to talking with you soon. Have a great day. This has been an episode of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. Please subscribe so you can keep up to date with the latest podcast.